in the book of Philippians discussing um, practices of faith. So we've called this devotion Praxis. And um, today I wanted to talk to you about the practice of rejoicing through the biblical act of singing. Philippians 4 verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord. And again I say, rejoice. Well, what is this rejoicing? It's an exclusive rejoicing. It's only found in Christ, in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord, nowhere else. Um, in Christ alone do we find our correspondence between our, necess our necessities and our supplies. So there's no more room for aching emptiness and no more unsatisfied longings, but purely the blessedness that comes from having found that which we seek and our souls long for. It's also a contagious joy. A large portion of the Christian's joy comes from seeing the gospel spread or the spreading of the kingdom of God. Paul in this passage is rejoicing and asking others to rejoice because he's heard so much of what's happening in Philippi um, and he is blessed, people are blessed and they are all blessed because Christ is preached. It's also a dutiful joy. Um, so it's an instruction. So um, today I wanted to teach on the principle or the practice of rejoicing through the biblical act of singing. Why singing is an important practice in the life of the believer. The Bible, funny enough, the Bible never says, let those who have beautiful voices sing. As if natural talent uh, was some way required to praise God. The Bible just says, sing. Over and over, dozens and dozens of times we are commanded to sing. Sing to the Lord, sing praises, sing joyfully, sing a new song, the Bible says. Come into God's presence with singing. Now some of you are going to say, Vince, you lost me. I'd rather listen to somebody singing. But um, just give me a moment and I'm going to give you between today and next Friday in this proxy series, I'm going to give you seven biblical reasons why singing matters. So today I'll give you the first three and we're going to sing a song. So this week, looking at three of the seven reasons and next week, the remaining four of why singing is an important act in the life or practice or praxis in the life of the believer. Firstly, when you sing, you obey. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonish, admonishing one another in all wisdom. That's one part. Secondly, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Ephesians also, Ephesians 5, 18 and 19 says, Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart. God's people are more than just Invited to sing, we are commanded to sing. Singing isn't uh, an option, it's a command. Um, so when you sing, you obey. We're doing what God asks us. So that's the first one. When we sing, we obey. Secondly, when you sing, you dig deep roots in the word of God. When you sing, you dig deep roots in the word it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in that Colossians scripture, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The Apostle Paul lays out this exhortation or encouragement 
to let God's word dwell in us richly. And then he tells us how to live it out. Uh, The first, of course, is teaching. It says teaching and admonishing with wisdom. But the second is singing. Singing is one of the two chief ways in which God's word dwells in us richly. And as we observed in the last point, singing um, is a command. But this command comes um, with a promise. So um, as we sing psalms and hymns, the spiritual songs together um, and spiritual songs together, we are promised that the word of Christ will dwell in us richly, which is what we should crave as believers. Our singing is more than just a warm up for the sermon or a filler in the service. Colossians 3.16 is clearly laying out for us that singing stands alongside preaching as one of the two great ways that God has ordained for his word to dwell in us richly. C.J. Mahaney um, calls church singing a type of take-home theology because the best songs we sing together serve as a three or five minute, easy to memorize, deeply biblical summary of important truths from scripture. For example, the song, In Christ alone my hope is found. Um, He is my rock. Amen. There's an easy, memorizable form um, of theology of the cross of Jesus with clear practical application that you can use for your life. And lastly, when you sing, you build others up. You build up fellow believers when you sing. You know, it's um, in Ephesians 5.19 where it says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns. We see the same in Colossians. The exhortation to sing comes from on the heels of bearing with one another, forgiving one another. So think of the impact on somebody who doesn't know Christ to hear hundreds or even thousands of people's testimonies. Those hundreds of confessions of faith as we sing together on Sundays. This is why um, in a book um, called... um, I think it's a book about worship by Tim Tim Keller actually says, good corporate worship will naturally lead others to Jesus. So those are the three, first of the three, seven. um, Singing isn't an option, it's a command. So when we sing, we obey. When we sing, we dig deep roots in the word. And thirdly, when we sing, we build others up. So today, sing with me um, this wonderful song by Brooke Liggettwood called Hosanna. And I will set you free into your weekend. I see the King of glory coming on the clouds with fire. The whole earth shakes, the whole earth shakes. I see His love and mercy washing over all our sin. The people sing, the people sing. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the
Bless your holy name. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Father, I pray that you would lead us to times of delighting in you, obediently rejoicing in you with singing. Father, we know that your word commands us to sing. It is good for us to sing. It teaches us the word and it draws others to you. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray as we bless your holy name. Amen. 